When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. The Monopoly game at Macca's is back. Download the MyMacca's app and get in the game today. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. Ah, yes, indeed. Very good evening to you. Welcome to the Macca's Run. Hope you've had as great a day as you possibly can. However you've been putting it in, where have you been putting it in, it's wonderful to have you on board. Uh, We do it all for Macca's. Of course, you can score a one in four chance with an Opoly game, which is back at Macca's. Uh, We're going to recap you on all the major stories from across the day on the Macca's Run. Uh, And, of course, this show is all about you having your say on the news of the day, you can do that on the Harcourts open line. Your move, your Harcourts, one 736 736 Your move, your Harcourts for all things real estate. Speak to Harcourts for all things sport. Speak to me. Uh, 0433981116. You can text in at any time. The 40 Winks temper text line. Consumer's Choice winner temper mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases that conform to the exact shape of your body. Now, it seems there's doings afoot. I've just been in the kitchen and I've just come and had a look at the temper text, um, the 40 Winks temper text, and it's blown up deluxe. Um, The big story uh, breaking, uh, Mark Robinson in the Herald Sun has just uh, reported the story went up at 5.31pm and it reads, James Hurd has officially put his hand up for the Essendon coaching job. Uh, It's believed that he has been interviewed by the Bombers Selection Committee on Wednesday, there is more to come. Um, the decision came after several weeks of discussion with his family about a return to the role he last held in 2015 after being stood down for a year after the supplement saga uh, at the Essendon Football Club. So James Hurd has been interviewed by the selection committee, Jordan Lewis, Robert Walls, uh, a couple of the people that are on that selection committee. So if you're an Essendon fan, or even if you're not an SNN fan, you can have your say on that particular news item of the day. 1300 736 736 or 0433 98 11 16 on the 40 Winks Temper text. Um, we're just going to start rolling through this chronologically today, but there's a little bit to get through um, from the news that started off the day, and that was Jared Berry being cleared at the tribunal, uh, having that charge downgraded and being free to play uh, Friday night's preliminary final against Geelong. So Luke Hodge, who was called to give testimony that um, was dismissed and told it should hold no weight um, by the... uh, And I always forget this bloke's name, um, who was uh, doing uh, doing the prosecuting on behalf of the AFL. But uh, poor old Hodgie, just a four-time premiership player, a two-time Norm Smith medalist, premiership captain. His opinion apparently holds no weight as a character witness. Uh, But he had this to say about the role that he played uh, in the tribunal last night. 
I think if everyone sits back, you, you talk about the pub test, you talk about what people really would have done if you've got a forearm in your chin squashing your head into the turf. I think the AFL had to react how they did because of the look of the game. But on the flip side, I think the AFL has satisfied the result because of what the position he was in and what he was trying to do. And, and you take into the character, which I spoke on behalf of Bevers, and he's not a person to do that. And and good old Payne had a bit of a, a jab at me. Yeah, so Nick AFL Payne says very little weight should be given to Luke Hodges' testimony. I beg your pardon? <laughs> He obviously hadn't seen me lately because I've got a lot of weight behind me, Jared. But, um, but no, with all that, he's, I was, uh, that's, you expect that from me. He asked one question, if in the heat of the moment can someone react out, um, differently to what they're normal, normally like? And I think I answered with something like, yeah, not Jared Berry. I haven't seen that in five years. Um, so, look, all in all, it was a weird situation to be sitting in, in the tribunal, not pleading my own case, but at the end of the result, um, it was good to see Bez be able to play in a pro league because he, he was he was probably... Like, I know we talk about Hipwood kicking goals and Charlie Cameron and Lockie Neal's attack on the ball and what he's done, but it was Jared Berry who changed the game for for the Lions on Friday night, making the call to go to Oliver, who everyone's touted in the brown line. We've spoken about this week, but for him to miss out this Friday would have been disastrous for him. Um, Luke Hodge with Jerry Whiteley, SEN.com.au to hear that full chat. Paddy Dangerfield weighed in on that as well as well as a whole raft of other things. I find that Paddy Dangerfield's segment each week is a must-listen for me. Um, very considered. He's very thoughtful about the game. I love that he has an opinion on all the major issues in it. And the other thing I really enjoy is I don't always agree with him. And I think it's a great thing when we have someone on who you don't always fall into line with because wouldn't the world be a boring place if we just all agreed? So I love to hear his thoughts because you, can, you know that he has always given each of his opinions considerable thought. Uh, so I want to have a chat about some of the things that he spoke about with Jared today, but just on the Jared Berry decision from last night. Yeah, it, it didn't surprise me. It's a tough one. I mean, you're, you're on the ground. You're trying to get up. I don't. It's very difficult to sort of get your fingers in there and just jab up. I think you're just trying all you can to get back in the play. You know, as a player, if, if you know, Jared had that job that he's, he's starting to get under the skin of Clayton and, and Clayton's better off. You know, if you're Brisbane, you're like, well, prefer him in, in a wrestle than focusing on the ball. So uh, it didn't surprise me. I think, you know, in that scenario, you're just trying to get up. You're doing everything you can. And that doesn't mean you're aiming for the eyes, but you're trying to push him off. The other thing from Paddy Dangerfield that I really want to talk about uh, this evening is in light of the Luke Jackson request to head home to WA, and then what's going to unfold now with that? And we'll hear Gary and Tim's thoughts on that. We'll hear Jared Whateley's thoughts on that. But I want to get your thoughts on it as well. The idea and the thought now that the initial contract, for especially first-round draft picks, may not be long enough at two years. So this is Luke Jackson going home after three years with a footy club. He returns with an Aberising Star Award and also a premiership. Um, it is a big offer to head home. Uh, Fremantle believed to be in the box seat, but West Coast believe they are well and truly uh, in the equation for that. Uh, spoke on SEN uh, WA, their list manager, earlier today, and they think they're in it up to their eyeballs. So uh, that's worth having a listen to that chat as well. But the idea that maybe these initial contracts need to be a, a bit longer. This was Paddy Dangerfield on it uh, with Jared Whateley. Uh, and it's important and it's, it's an interesting perspective, not only because of who he is and, and he's standing in the game as a player, but as the president of the Players Association. This is just my personal opinion. Yep. Yeah, I think if a club's going to invest in a first-round pick 
and only having two years on that contract. I know Kane spoke about this earlier in the week or late last week around that being a longer-term deal because pretty much every club, if you're going to invest in a first-round pick, regardless, if they are no good after two years, you're still giving them another opportunity in the third because of what you've invested from a from a pick's view. So it just happens. So why wouldn't you make that, um, you know, potentially a, a year or two more? And then it does give clubs certainty around it. And it does give clubs at the bottom end of the ladder time to get their list and game right versus, you know, clubs being in a fortunate position to say, you know, come back home, wherever home might be. We're more successful in the organisation that you're in be a part of that winning formula, whatever it might be. And then all of a sudden it just resets the clock on that club yeah. that's picked that player. So uh, I definitely get it from the club's perspective on on where that sits. That was Paddy Dangerfield, and that's been a, a, a big point of discussion throughout the course of the day. I'm a big believer in four years for the first rounders. There is so much planning and so much preparation that goes in, especially to those first round draft picks. Yes, you find great players in the second, third, fourth, rookie, mid-season, pre-season supplemental. We all know there's great players that come out of that, but it's a massive investment. List management now, to have a good list manager and a footy boss is just as important to have a good coach. You can have the greatest coach in the world, but if the list isn't right, you're going to be hard-pressed, even with... You could have you could have twenty Alistair Clarkson's all on your coaching panel, but they if you don't have the right list, then it's going to be bloody hard to do anything with it. So to put your list together and the thought that goes into it, the timing that goes into it, the development side of it is so important. Two years, I don't think is enough to be able to develop someone and to see whether you've got a player or you don't have a player. Because I don't subscribe to the fact that you know within the first couple of years. I think three years minimum for the second rounders and two years after that from the national draft. When you take a new job, there's always a trial period. The business sees if you're the right fit, vice versa. Depending on the profession, the lengths of those can vary from a couple of weeks to six months, even longer. And then you look at apprenticeships and what they represent and how they work. And it's the apprenticeship model that I think fits best in this situation. In the NFL, college footballers have a four-year, most of them. Most most of them do a four-year stint at a college after coming out of high school. And more and more now, college teams run NFL offences, uh, offensive and defensive systems to get those players ready for what would be to come for them. They do their apprenticeship in a league that's almost as big as the league that they're bound for, so they get used to the coverage of it, the scrutiny of it, the demands of it, the travel of it, the being away from home element, being in demand all the time. They get used to all of it in a league that is just fractionally below in terms of the exposure that it has to the NFL itself. We don't have that. We take 18-year-olds straight out of school, straight out of home, They're not only learning how to be footballers, but they're learning how to be adults. And they have to do it straight away, and they have to do it under the most intense spotlight that anyone ever has to learn how to be an adult. With with how we expect 18, 19, 20-year-olds to just automatically be these impeccable adults just because they're professional footballers. I, I don't know of any other teenager that we place that expectation on other than footballers. So you're having to do that under that intense scrutiny. And it, some of them, it takes longer than others. Not everybody's a Nick Dacos. In fact, very few are. Very few are Luke Jackson that get to play in a premiership in the second year. Joel Selwood, Sirioli. It doesn't happen every single year. 
people take longer. And nowadays, early draft picks want to play straight away, and if they don't, they get antsy. So if they're not getting what they want, then it's just so easy to pack up and say, well, someone else will take me and I want to go home. I reckon four years allows everybody to breathe, to take time, and to make sure that not only does the club find out if they've got the player, but does the player find out that they've got the club. Shifter Sheehan said to Dwayne today, the idea is you want the player to fall in love with the club. That doesn't happen straight away. Sometimes, and if you look at it like a relationship, not everything's love at first sight. Sometimes relationships take a bit more to build and to develop and and to align. And then they can be the most incredible things in the world, but not everything is a fairy tale and a rom-com. But some of the most long-lasting and meaningful relationships get there in the end. So I'm a big believer in that clubs need more time with especially first-rounders. And first-rounders need more time so they can just learn to settle a bit, get used to that living away from home, get used to the spotlight that they're under um, as first-round draft picks. Give it just a bit more time to settle, and I don't reckon we'd see as much go-home factor as we do. And we're seeing it more and more and more. And I reckon it's going to be an interesting exercise to go through just how many we are getting go-home, no matter where it is from non-traditional to traditional football states. So I'm a big believer, and I think all you have to do is look at the NFL model to know that those players come in ready to understand. They understand what's about to happen. Our players don't. They're 18-year-old kids who, some of them, have never been out of home, let alone out of the state. one three hundred seven three six seven three six to chat about that. But the phone lines are lighting up, and far be it from me uh, to deny your chance to speak about James Hurd. Mark in Quakers Hill. Hello, mate. Mark, you there? Hello, Sam. How are you? I'm good, buddy. What have you got for me? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, far away. Well, first up, I, I agree. With, I, I agree with you on the first round pick issue. I think there should be four years to give them time to grow into appreciating everything a club can offer them. Uh, one thing you can't do with a first round pick, if you want to maximise their potential, is shut them down within a one or two year period with a contract because. It may not be enough to maximise their potential. I believe a four-year contract would be the way to go. And um, yeah, so so with Hurd, that, Mark, I, with that, issue, just just I before you get just before you get yeah. the just before you get the hurdy, Mark, yep. I still think the first two years, and I forgot to mention that, should be the rookie yep. contract. But after that, I think you can negotiate terms. So that's that's the caveat that I didn't get to put, and I'm glad you brought it up. I still think the first two years is your rookie deal, and I think after that, for the next two, you can negotiate your worth. Now, you might not have much of a worth yet because you might not have played much, but you might be like a Luke Jackson or a Nick Dacos, uh, a Joel Selwood, a Cirrioli, and you might have put that early resume together. So I, I believe that that flexibility should exist within that four-year period as well so that you're and, – and people will call it tortious interference or restraint of trade and all that kind of stuff. Before we start throwing those kind of words around, I still think that after two years you get to renegotiate the terms of that contract. Uh, glad you brought that point up. Anyway, on Hurdy. On Hurdy, I believe he should be given a fair chance as an Essendon coach because he's done his time. And on that, with regard to doing his time, there is a lot of grey areas in the Essendon drug saga that we as the public do not know about with regard to what happened. It could be that Hurdy had very little, if any, actual direct involvement in the drugs being administered to the players. It could be he had some. But that matter being considered, he's done his time. I reckon if anybody deserved to have the book thrown at him in a heavy manner on this, it would be Stephen Dank. 
Yeah, we know um, all that. Yeah, we know all that, Mark. This is this is more about. Yeah, yeah, we we know all that. We know all that part of it. Sorry to, to cut you off, but that's the old. We're we're just dredging up and over the old stuff there. But we, in terms of James Hurd, right. you think that he should be able to come back and coach Essendon? In, there we go. In, in, Appreciate the call, Mark. Always great to chat to you. We've got a ton of people lining up. Daniel in Geelong. Hello, mate. Your thoughts on Hurdy? Oh, we've lost him there. Uh, Darren in Sorrento. Darren, far away. Yeah, how are you going? Uh, long time. Staunch Essen supporter. My family, uh, I remember going to Windy Hill uh, after games and being in the club rooms and seeing the players at the bar and seeing Van and have a drink. Now, out of all the grey areas amongst all, all this stuff, there's one thing that was a fact. Early on in the saga, the AFL Centre, a high representative of James Hurden said, listen, you, we know what's going on. You need to stop it. It's not good. Here's your warning. He chose to ignore that. So long story short, if he if they, if he gets a coaching job, I'm going to change teams. I'm going to, I'm going to barrack for Sydney Swans. Darren, uh, I appreciate your call. Thanks for ringing in. Uh, Dave's in Mernda. G'day, Dave. Yeah, good day, Sammy. Uh, good, good show you've got going on there, mate. Hey, look, I just wanted to talk about the Luke Jackson one a little bit. I think we're at, um, obviously, I'm not a Melbourne supporter. Um, what that's hurting the Melbourne people a lot. Um, it, he's actually played more games in Perth over the last, by his three-year contract than he has actually played in Melbourne. And I think that's a, where there's a bit more of a concern, you know, why they're away, you know, uh, with the COVID restrictions and things like that. So I think that's where it hurts the Melbourne people um, a little bit, but I totally agree with you with the um, the ruling of the apprenticeship side of things when it comes to drafting. Um, you know, and then there also should be you know a few more triggers. You know, where it's also up to the players as well. After that four years, you know, there could be a trigger to enhance them to go further with the club, or you know, if if there if it is that they want to move, there should be certain clauses as to why. You know, the go home factor I think is a little one. You know, that's a little bit worrying. Um, where I think that's also going to be a bit worrying for Melbourne too is I think that's going to be Cozy Pisk, uh, Pickett gone too because, I mean, they're housemates and I reckon he's on his way to um, Port Adelaide. Well, he has said that he's going to honour the, the final year of his contract. So um, I think what, what happens after that year next year, though, Dave, is still there to be determined and whether or not uh, he wants to... Uh, head off as well, or, or whether he will stay. Um, I'm just being told by uh, Link behind the scenes here that Jackson's played 29 games in Melbourne out of 52 in his career. Um, so the majority of those uh, have been uh, in Melbourne. Um, 1-300-736-736-043-98-1116. Cam, Nick, stay there. We'll get to your calls uh, on the other side of the break. This is the Maccas run. Score a one in four chance to win the Monopoly game at Maccas. The Monopoly game at Maccas is back. Download the My Maccas app and get in the game today. Welcome to the Maccas Run with Sam Hargraves. Uh, 1-300-736-736. Harcourt's open line. Your move, your Harcourts. And plenty coming through on the 40 Winks Temper Tech. Get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. 40 Winks, serious about sleep. Um, I'm going to get to those texts in just a moment. Just to let you know, we've just put out a call and two-time uh, Essendon Premiership player Darren Buick is going to join us to give us his view on Mark Robinson's story that James Hurd has been interviewed uh, by the uh, Essendon coach selection committee um, and that he is putting his hand up to be the next Essendon coach. Uh, and in the meantime, your thoughts on that particular piece of news today. Cameron in Sunshine, in the Sunshine Coast. Hello, yeah. mate. 
G'day, Sammy. How are you, brother? All the better for speaking to you. Thank you. Oh, thank you, mate. Um, <laughs> I, I, I get a little bit frustrated today hearing all these people ringing up, all these Essendon supporters like saying that they can't have James back because of what he did. Um, I'm Kyle Remus's uncle, and um, I spoke to Kyle a lot during that whole situation of what went down. Um, the people that need to be held accountable for what happened is Mark Thompson, and I'm a Geelong supporter, and he got us our flag, but Mark Thompson and Stephen Dank, I think that he's a fallout guy. Um, Kyle speaks very highly of James. I mean, the bloke, he, what is he, six foot three and weighs 80 kilos. He owned the game, our game, that is built on football skills. He didn't have the huge muscles. He wasn't a power player, but he was the most elite player that we had during that generation. So he knows how to play. When you hear the man speak, he knows what he's talking about. And I believe in giving people a second chance, mate. And mm. I don't think you could get a better appointment than James Hurd. He speaks very, very well. And I just think that he's a fallout guy for two blokes who drove their own agenda, mate. And as I said, it's a Geelong supporter. Um, I think, you know, with Cam, what... I, I, I've just got to keep moving, mate. I, I hope you feel like you've been able to have your say. I just felt like you were going to go back over what you'd already said. But thank you for the call. Always great to catch up. And I appreciate your passion on it and your insight to it. Uh, Nick's in Templestowe. Nick, your, thir- your thoughts on uh, Robbo revealing this evening on, in the Herald Sun that James Hurd's been interviewed uh, and will put his hand up to be the next Essendon coach. How are you, Sammy? Thanks for taking my call. No, thank you um, for me. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I'm an outsider. I'm not an Essendon supporter, but taking the emotion away, if James Heard was the CEO of a company and that happened and the people that were responsible are all gone, they wouldn't be invited back to run that company again. So you've got to look at it like that. I've got no issue if James Heard wanted to, to coach elsewhere and someone wanted to do that. But the stigma that's been left there and those players that suffered and their careers, um, some of them were shot after that, uh, as far as their careers go, uh, you really, you can't bypass that and say, give someone a second chance. Because the minute the pressure's on and they're not performing, he's going to be back to square one of trying to get an edge, which is what the club did. Oh, I don't. Then, I don't think. He, I, I disagree. With the last part. I don't think he would ever allow for anything like that to happen again. I don't think he was aware of what was going on either. But I think every other point you make is a really, um, a really well thought out one and uh, and a well considered one. Thank you for making it, Darren Buick, to join us next. The Monopoly game at Macca's is back. Download the My Macca's app and get in the game today. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. Essendon have formulated that coaching shortlist we discussed yesterday. The first round of interviews underway this week. Now, there's a blend of names that have been identified. Actually, Mitch Cleary on Channel Wisp last night dropping Brendan Lade's name into the mix. St Kilda assistant, Port Adelaide before that, Richmond before that, highly rated. All the usual suspects, Don Pike, Adam Uze, James Hurd still in the mix. Dean Solomon, again, another highly regarded man despite spending... Well, pretty significant time out of the game um, following his departure from Gold Coast. Mark McVeigh got him on board at GWS during that caretaker stint. But the name I wanted to mention is Ash Hansen, Ashley Hansen at the Blues now, um, who was poached by um, the Blues um, out of the Western Bulldogs pretty late on last year. Now, he's widely considered a senior coaching candidate. He was... He was approached by Essendon to uh, be involved in the process, but he has declined that opportunity. Another dick declined. Just not the right timing, I'm told, for Ash Hansen, where he's at. The timing wasn't right. So good news for Carlton. Um, He stays on as the forwards coach under Michael Voss. 
Hey, welcome back or to the Macca's Run, whichever category you fall into. Either way, wonderful to have you on board. Score a one in four chance to win with the Monopoly game at Macca's. Uh, that was Sam Edmund speaking to Gary and Tim earlier this morning on SEN Breakfast about the shortlist. Uh, who would be in contention for the Essendon coaching job? Who's ruled themselves out? But he did mention the name James Hurd, and that name has been uh, pivotal and central to all discussions around the vacant Essendon coaching position. They're going through their process at the moment. Mark Robinson confirming tonight in the Herald Sun that James Hurd had indeed been interviewed and was putting his hand up officially uh, to be the next coach of the Essendon Football Club. Uh, you're saying the news of the day, one 736 You'll move your Harcourts on the Harcourts open line, or you can text in on the 40 Wings temper text. Before we get to Darren uh, Buick, who is a, uh, a two-time premiership player with the Essendon Footy Club, uh, PJ in uh, Kangaroo Ground has been waiting patiently to have his say. G'day, PJ. G'day, Sammy. How are you going, mate? I'm well, thank you. Mate, Heard, we need Heard back at the club for a whole lot of reasons. Like, he needs to come back, but I think we'd probably like to, to pluck up Solomon and get him in as the assistant. I would personally, myself, I would make Hurley our backline coach because we haven't had a backline, a proper backline coach, like for a couple of years now. Um, well, you've, you've had Blake Carousella, who's who's been widely, um, his name's been put forward several times for senior coaching jobs. And Ben Rutten was a defensive coach in uh, Richmond's premiership year. I know, bro, but the, the, the making is in the games. And you see the amount of mismatches, especially Laverty. Like, it was outrageous all year we watched it. Like, it was just ridiculous. So you would have made shifting changes, no worries. But, no, they just kept them on. Nothing changed. So I'd have Hurley back in because we do love Hurley. And this is about getting back to Essendon people, Sammy. Like, you know, we've had years and years and we've had decades and decades of non-Essendon people. Well, PJ, let's speak to an Essendon. Let's speak to an Essendon person. Uh, thank you for ringing up to make your point, and thank you so much for holding uh, for the time that you did. It, it is greatly appreciated. Your call is: let's get to more Essendon people. Let's bring more Essendon people back in. There are those who think that that's going backwards, and that maybe moving into the more professional era, where it doesn't matter who your coach has played for, it just matters what they're going to do with the current crop that you've got. Um, so there's two lines of thought on that. Let's speak to a man that's uh, won two premierships with the Essendon Footy Club. He's always so generous with his time. One of the fans' favourite all-time bombers uh, is Darren Buick. Hello, mate. Sam, how are you going? I'm going to start charging you, soon. <laughs> yeah, just invoice Hutchie. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> hey, um, I do greatly appreciate you coming on at short notice. Obviously, it's a significant story that um, it, it's been discussed at great length since Essendon have been looking for a new coach. Uh, James Hurd's name has been linked to this. Um, your former premiership teammate, um, Sam Edmonds, saying he was in the mix and then Mark Robinson saying that he'd actually been interviewed and was officially putting his hand up. Your thoughts? Oh, look, I, and I just heard myself. I jumped in, just got out of a meeting, Sam, and, and heard you on the radio and, and heard it again mentioned. Um, you know, so it's, um, in a way, it can be surprising and then you know, a little bit not surprising. Um, you know, all I, you know, as a former player and someone who wants success with the club, as we've spoken about before, is that I want the best person available to coach our footy club. Um, to enable us to have success and for that to happen they've got to go through a process and that's something that the club hasn't done you know for a number of uh, you know the last appointments there haven't been there hasn't been a process where 
you know, that they've had to go through an interview and go through a second interview and present to what they want to do. Um, it's always been a plan or they've gone and got somebody um, who they thought been the right person. So whether it's James Hurd or, or, you know, Johnny Smith down the corner, let him go through a process and, and see what happens. I mean, Hawthorne, if they didn't go through a process 20 years, 20 years ago, no one would have known that Alistair Clarkson could have coached. Yep. Um, you know, if last year, if Collingwood didn't go through a process, you know, um, Fly McRae at the moment, you know, flavour of month, no one, no one would have known. But yep. to allow people to go through that process, you never know who you're going to find. And we need to find someone who's good for our footy club that can make us successful. And it doesn't have to be a name or anything like that. It just has to be the right name and the right person. And at that time with Alistair Clarkson, there were former greats, like multiple premiership players that were in contention. Gary Ayres, Terry Wallace, Rodney E, names of that ilk. And it was Jason Dunstall that championed Alistair Clarkson and the rest, of course, is history. So let me run a few. These are the the themes that are coming through and let me run them past you and get your thoughts. And I know it's off the cuff, but just how you feel when you hear some of these comments that have been thrown up in, in and around this. So the first one is, if you bring James back... Does that not drag you back in to that past and that past that was the darkest day for the football club? Um, regardless of where you sit on whether you know what unfolded, but doesn't it just take you straight back there? That's one thing that's come through. Well, you can say it, it does, um, and it, there it could be the tendency that that's you know going to be a, a really big discussion about if James comes back. That the last time he was there, that. You know, the, you know, the club went, some, uh, went through some really bad times and, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, suffered from, you know, what occurred during that time. Um, and then you go, you go back 10 years further back than that and James Heard was one of the great players we ever played for the, for the club. Um, but, yeah, there, is a, there may be a little bit of a stigma um, and how the club get through that if, if he's the right person then... And that's something they'd have to really take into consideration, I would think. So the other one that's been thrown up, and we had a caller come in before and said, even a CEO, so a CEO who's at the helm of, of, of a company going belly up, even though it might not have been all their own fault, but they employed people who came in and their actions led to the whole place going up in shambles. Um, does that person get invited back to be CEO of that business once that company's got themselves back on their feet? Um, yeah, I, I don't think that's happened too um, frequently in the past. Uh, a CEO, with, you know, you know, sending a company belly up, uh, belly up, up um, and then getting invited back. Um, where the CEO or the, or the coach, you know, in a different sort of realm, is, is that's different. Yeah. Um, but I can see that. I can see that argument. I can see that argument, and you know. You know, it's very similar to the, the first sort of question you posed to me. It's it's um, it, it's a tough one. It's a tough yeah. one. And, but you know the, that perception. Um, yeah, you know, I can easily be seen. The um, the, there's a couple of people texting through that they think that Herdy coming back could actually unify the whole club. Is that your hunch? Do you feel like that he could be a unifying figure um, if he's to come back and and to to maybe finish off, you know. Um, what he was trying to start um, in, in 2013 and then last time he coached was 2015. Did, would you see his appointment as something that would unify a fractured club? Um, I think, as I said previously, Sam, I think 
the club gets unified by appointing the right person. Yeah. Whether it's James Hurd or, or whoever it is, it's got to be the right person. Um, because the club gets unified by having success, you know, um, and that success needs to be on the field. Um, and so they need to find the right person to be able to get success on the field. Of course, you know, with coaching, there is other stuff that's involved. And, you know, and, and you know, my club at the moment is probably at a really low level. It hasn't been that before. Um, so there is a, a sense that it, someone needs to come in and, and bring that, you know, you, you know, if you call it, be unified. Yeah, that's right. But, you know, um, again, uh, Collingwood weren't unified last year. They'd lost the president. They lost their coach. You know, they lost players. And, you know, the, the recruiting department were under the stick and the club was under the stick for getting rid of the law and, and all this sort of thing. Within 18 months, things had changed because they got the right person in. Um, and that person was someone who, who wasn't a Collingwood player, um, but had a good grounding and, and, and had, um, you know, had the right recipe that has that enabled Collingwood to be successful. That's all I'm hoping, get the right person in. It might be James Hurd. I can't say if it is or not, but there might be someone else out there who's had 10, 15 years of experience as an assistant coach, might be someone who's had three or four years of of experience, yeah. As long as they go through the process, and the people on the on the selection committee can see and and appoint the person on their merits for the right reason. Speaking to Darren Buick uh, on the Maccas run, and Darren, that's the another interesting part of this as well is that the knock at the time when James was appointed was, has he done a coaching apprenticeship? And now when you look at it, so last time he coached was twenty fifteen, and he's been back at. The, the, the Giants in, in a part-time capacity, in a leadership capacity, and clearly there are players getting a lot out of that. And that's what we hear that, you know, Steve Cornelio and these guys are saying he, his input has been invaluable and the impact that he's had has been uh, profound and pronounced. But is that enough in since 2015 to have done about half a year in a consultancy role at a footy club to step straight back into a, a senior coaching role? Um... Yeah, it might be, but you know, and I'll, and again, nothing against James, but I'll say the same thing about Dean Solomon, who had, um, you know, a great mm. reputation for what he was doing up at Gold Coast, and then has gone and helped Spike along with James up at um, GWS, and and I heard some really good things about um, Solly as well, yeah. um, and the way he's gone about things. Um, so again, again, and I know it's the. the the news is because it's James Hurd and he's an absolute legend of the club and a legend of the game, mm. and that's where the story is. Um, but again, you know, I'll, I'll keep going back to it. just put them all through a process. And if James Hurd comes out to be the right person, if they go through the process, or it's Dean Solomon, or it's Adam Muse, or it's whoever, um, as long as they're going through the process and the, the people select on their selection committee go, right, this is the right person for us at this time then I think a lot of people will be happy. So, Darren, your view is that, uh, and I'm not trying to uh, paraphrase or put words in your mouth, but essentially, it, it personally, you have no issue with James coming back as long as, at the end of that, if he's the appointment, that they come out, explain why and, and explain who else and explain what it was that uh, that got him over the line. And if you're satisfied... So your thing is, if I'm satisfied with the process, I'll be satisfied with the choice. 
wholeheartedly, Sam. Yeah, yep. that's the bottom line. Bottom line, because you don't know who's there. And James might turn out to be a fantastic coach. We yep. don't know that. But so might, so might Johnny Smith, who might put his hand up as well. Mate, I really appreciate you jumping on at short notice. Thank you so much for giving us your view without any time to actually let it wash over you. So I appreciate <laughs> that you've come on raw as it's just landed on you and, and you're working your way through it as we all are too and you're a bloody good man for doing it. Thank you so much. Good on you, Sam. Have a good night. Thank you very much. Uh, Darren Buick, two-time Premiership Bomber there, just to give us his take and has just heard the news just like we have. Uh, and he's uh, going through it as well. Uh, there's a little bit of other stuff making news uh, around the place, and I'll take you through that. Uh, we've had uh, Tom Harley on the pro- uh, on the station today. So too has Craig McRae. Always a must-listen with Craig McRae, and I'll get you through your texts as well. It's um, It's been a show that's been dominated by Essendon, we know, but it is a pretty significant story, um, and there's a significant uh, desire to talk about it, judging by the temper text and the Harcourt's open line. Back on the Macca's run after this. Score a one-in-four chance to win with a Monopoly game at Maccas. The Monopoly game at Maccas is back. Download the My Maccas app and get in the game today. Welcome to the Maccas run with Sam Hargraves. Uh, I've got a massive announcement to make that may just change your footballing life. So everyone has been talking about how bloody expensive the flights to Sydney are to see the Pies head up there to take on the Swans uh, this Saturday twilight. So we are going to give you the chance to get there on our dime. SEN, together with Maccas, Ren Energy, and our airline carrier, Southern Airlines, are coming to your rescue. It's the SEN Maccas Red Eye. We have two Southern Airline planes and 16 seats, along with 16 tickets to the SCG to see Sydney and Collingwood. We just want to know, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want to go? From now until we make the call... Post a TikTok video using the hashtag, hashtag SEN Maccas Red Eye, showing us just how much you want to join us. Get creative. And then tomorrow, Gary and Tim are going to give away two seats on the plane. Jared Waitley has two seats on the plane. Friday, Kingy and Sam have got two seats. The Pipe, Dwayne's got two seats as well. So if you're a Pies supporter or a Swans performer, uh, if you're a Pies supporter or a Swans supporter, get to the Peacock. 210 High Street, Northcote, with Andy and Gazy on Friday from 3, you could also end up getting on the plane. And then, one final chance to get a double. Listen to Off the Bench Saturday morning from 9 with Hutchie and Pickers to find out how you can win. None of this would be possible without the very, very generous people at Maccas. Maccas and Footy, I'm loving it. Red Energy, 100% Australian-owned. And Southern Airlines, they can fly you to Sydney VIP chartered flights for just $800. You will only be able to win that if you listen to SEN. So head to TikTok again. Put that video up using hashtag SEN Maccas Red Eye. And just show me how much you want it. Show us how much you want it and how much it means to you. Over to you. That is a phenomenal prize. And I think that would change your footballing life. A uh, couple of other things getting around. Um, let's just hear from Craig McRae as they build up to this massive prelim. 17th last year to a prelim this year. Extraordinary turnaround. Craig McRae uh, sounded a warning to the rest of the competition, I reckon, with Andy and Gazy. 
Yeah. yeah. So no, I think we're we're in a position that we we feel like our best mm. is in front of us, and continue to say that. And it's based on evidence. Like you just look at some of the stuff we're doing at training and the individuals in the gym, and and then our numbers and match day are, are pointing towards we're actually getting better mm. um, and gelling defensively, and all these little things that we 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 um, have statistically that says we are getting better. Mm. That gives us optimism, and and yeah, there's a few things that we still got to get through. Clearly, mm. Sydney's one of them in great form. Um, but we're not we're not in that model of like oh we've won a final that's mm. good enough no we're not living in that space. He also gave us a little insight into just how they like to do things pre-game. Race all of it. Our, our playing group have got this unique warm up, and I don't know it, it may get um, to air some stage. Yes, they are carrying on pre-game, and <laughs> I, I meditate, and I'm like, can you just? I have to put the headphones. You know, they, they're really. Um, when you say carrying on, well, you they, mean is it the music? Is it the yeah, talk? Or? Oh, the music and the loudness. Oh my god, they are so loud before the game. But that's theirs. And I, I just <laughs> let them have the space for what it is. This has been going on for twenty yep. weeks. Yeah. Um, so this is what the, what they do. I love it. It's a new era. Uh, there'd be players that would just be blown away by that. The old switch on and fire up doesn't look like it's part of what the modern player does to get themselves ready. Um, I think it's a new era, uh, the entertainment era. If you want to entertain, you've got to be in the right positive headspace. You've got to go out there and want to have fun. And that's what we're getting this uh, this year, and I can't wait for these preliminary finals. Hey, just by the way, before I finish, congratulations to Jared Waitley, the Alf Brown, the best show, the best radio caller, thoroughly well-deserved. He's been incredibly generous to me personally with time and tutelage whenever I've asked. This is a man that sets the standard in preparation, passion, presentation, along with impeccable integrity and respect for the game and all those in and around it. Knows the story. Uh, knows the occasion, and there's not many that deliver it as well as he does. And to Dwayne, best TV caller, I love the way he does it. He entertains along with enlightening and informing. Entertainment era needs Dwayne Russells and all those others at SEN that got commendations as well, Andy and Gazy, and there's a few others too that I've run out of time to mention. That's it from me. Have a great night. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.